the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind is engineering and producing today's program. We're going to start out with some of the more serious news, some good news and some bad news. Some of the developing stories, embattled Justice Department official Bruce Orr was in contact with the top Robert Mueller deputy as well as other senior FBI officials in 2016 about the controversial anti-Trump dossier and the individuals behind it, two sources told um, the media. Now, I, I'm looking forward to the day when dossier is not a word that's oft repeated uh, in casual conversation or on the radio. And NBC responded after a former news producer who worked with Roman Farrow uh, said that the very highest levels at NBC wanted the reporter to halt an investigation into alleged sexual misconduct by former Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein. And a Democratic lawmaker issued a startling warning to government officials involved in illegal deportations that they will not be safe from future punishment when Donald Trump is no longer president. Senator John McCain's casket arrived in Maryland ahead of Friday's ceremony at the U.S. Capitol. McCain was flown to Joint Base Andrews outside Washington after a church service Thursday in Phoenix. Also, NAFTA talks uh, were rocked by a media leak of uh, off-the-record comments made by the president on Canada. A media leak of uh, these comments by the president uh, Royal the high wire negotiations with Canada over the North American Free Trade Agreement or whatever it will ultimately end up being called. The president had been trying to negotiate a new NAFTA with uh, both trading partners. He announced on Monday that he was uh, had secured a tentative deal with Mexico and said that uh, we'll see if Canada can be part of this new agreement. The administration had set a deadline of Friday for a deal with Canada. But the Toronto Star reports that it obtained comments from an off-the-record portion of an Oval Office interview between the president and Bloomberg News. In those remarks, the president said he isn't making compromises with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government, but isn't going to say so um, publicly because it's going to be so insulting they're not going to be able to make a deal, end quote. Well, here's the problem. If I say no, the answer's no. If I say no, then you're going to... uh, uh, to put that, and it's going to be so insulting that they're not going to be able to make the deal. I can't, uh, I can't kill these people, he said, of Trudeau's government. That was a rather awkward quote. Well, in another remark he did not want published, the president said that the deal would be totally on our terms and reportedly suggested he had tried to spook the Canadians with the threat of auto tariffs. Well, on the record, the president told Bloomberg that the deal was close. I think Canada's going... Uh, going to make a deal at some point. It may be Friday or it may be um, uh, within a period of time, but uh, ultimately they have no choice. Uh, But then, according to the star, he reportedly said off the record, totally on our terms, totally. Well, that shouldn't have come as much of a surprise, but nonetheless, that irked the Canadians uh, who are now backing away from what was thought to be a deal nearly completed. Good job, Bloomberg. 
Well, today, Liberty Council celebrates that the dangerous California AB 2943 bill is dead. Well, this horrendous bill would have established government-enforced censorship of counselors who wanted to provide and uh, and consenting adults who wanted to receive talk therapy for unwanted same-sex attraction, behavior, or gender confusion. It also tried to ban sales of printed materials and books expressing the viewpoint that unwanted same-sex attractions or gender confusion can be reduced or eliminated. The author of the bill, Assembly Member Evan Lowe, withdrew AB 2943 today being the last day of the legislative session. He said, I knew this was an emotionally charged issue, so I spent the last few months traveling up and down the state meeting with a wide variety of faith leaders. The dangerous bill that would ban counsel and even portions of the Bible is dead. Matt Staver, founder of and chairman of Liberty Council, said of that uh, decision, adults with unwanted same-sex attractions or who struggle with unwanted gender behavior or confusion can continue to receive counsel in the state of California. Victims of sexual abuse can continue to choose professional counseling help if they develop, as often happens, unwanted urges to engage in same-sex behavior or if they become gender confused and want to explore the possibility of change. AB 2943 was not in the best interest of the counseling clients and was ideologically driven. If the bill had passed, Liberty, Liberty Council rather, was prepared to file a lawsuit regarding its significant constitutional violations. Well, there's much more uh, to it, but this really is a very significant withdrawal. This bill was just literally moments away from becoming the law in the state of California. And as I mentioned, as many people were praying in, in the state of California, attempting to influence the outcome of this uh, whole process, as the Lord in the scripture says, can change the course of a mighty river, he can change the heart of a king. And for the individual who sponsored this legislation to withdraw it at the 11th hour is really a remarkable uh, move. Nobody saw this coming. So this is a, a definitely an exciting um change that, again, came as something of a surprise, but people had been praying. Uh, people had been working very hard, and so I suppose we shouldn't be surprised uh, to learn that uh, this happened earlier today, the last day of the California legislature. Well, you're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show, and while we do like to cover a few of the news stories that have uh, developed in the course of the day, we tend to focus our attention on, well, the lighter side of the news, and that is what we will do with the remainder of today's program. In fact, we had an opportunity earlier today to talk with Michael Jr., who's coming to the Portland area for his More Than Funny tour, and um, had the chance to sit down and, and chat with him about that uh, event coming up on Saturday, September 15th, here in uh, Portland at uh, East Hill Church, but also about a movie. It's really quite fascinating. It's an innovation. It's a comedy movie. It's a, uh, it's a meaningful, challenging uh, project that's coming to theaters. It's also called More Than Funny. Uh, Everyone has a punchline. It's coming in uh, to theaters all across the country on the 18th of October. We talked a little bit about that, and we'll try to explain uh, a bit of what that is. It's only going to be shown across the country on one day. So if you're looking for inspiration and uh, challenge in the context of great humor, uh, you might want to mark your calendars. Also, there's a link on the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page for you to find more information about that and at kpdq.com. So check that out. All right, we're going to go to break. Again, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a very fun, we hope, Friday afternoon. Welcome to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. 
We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday afternoon. Now, I say we because while I'm sitting in this studio all by myself, alone, looking at the empty walls, James Blend is just across the window, and he also is here and will be chiming in from time to time as permitted. I'm kind of like that wind chime. Beautiful, but nevertheless annoying. (laughs) I'm going to leave that alone because there's so Uh much one could say. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you've been following politics at all, (laughs) but New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and his Democratic primary opponent, Cynthia Nixon, were feuding. Of course, they were their political opponents, but they were feuding about something one would never have expected. And I've I've added this to my list of grievances because apparently it's virtuous now to complain about virtually everything. So I'm now adding this to the list. Um, They were feuding about the proper room temperature for their Wednesday debate. In fact, um, She suggested that this was, in fact, sexist and deliberate on his part to undermine her capacity to function well. So I've added that now to my list. If I'm too cold in the studio, I'm going to say that it's sexist and this is somehow an an offense against all women and somehow the temperature is an indication of that. How do you think that'll fly? I'm not sure that'll fly all that well, but huh? I mean, you know, it's it's funny. Some people are very particular about the temperature. I understand that. I mean, you know, but, in, but in work, sexist. I've never heard of it that way. No. no. Well, a campaign strategist for the candidate sent an email to uh, WCBS TV, the radio station, uh, that hosted the debate, asking that the room temperature be set at 76 rather than the significantly cooler temperature that Cuomo famously prefers for his public appearances. Working conditions are notoriously sexist when it comes to room temperature, so we just want to make sure uh, we're all on the same page, according to the strategist. Well, with under two weeks to go until the primary, Cuomo's campaign claims that Nixon's camp is simply trying to distract from the issues. So... The back and forth on the littlest thing. I mean, I have a heater under my desk. It's on every day, all year round. I'm always cold in the office. You're you're the person. You literally, when we have those 100-degree days, those 95-degree days, you are the one that has those in there. Yes. Um, But little did I know how grave the offense is that I would be... Uh, permitted to be cold. Well, the question the question is, who who would you anger more by the heat in your room? Would would it be uh, would it be Cuomo or would it be Nixon? Who would actually be more angry at your temperature? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, and, you know, that's certainly one of those. Are you things. looking for logic and rationale? Because I don't see any place for I, that in this. I saw a part of that debate. There was no logic. There was no <laughs> rationale. Exactly. <laughs> so you just go for the raw. I'm offended. It, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I shake my head, uh, do do what they call the face palm. Um, and uh, go, I was born in that state. Oof. <laughs> well, as you know, the Queen of Soul was uh, laid to rest today. In fact, uh, she may still be being laid to rest because the funeral, which started an hour and a half late, was predicted to be four to five hours, may still be going on. In fact, you know, way into the evening, it may still be going on. I watched a good portion of it. But apparently, the freeway of love was a theme to uh, bring her casket to the location where the Event was taking place. 130 pink Cadillac owners came from all over the country to line Detroit streets as part of Aretha Franklin's funeral procession. 130 pink Cadillac. Who knew there were 130 pink Cadillacs in the country at this time? It's 2018, and yet there they were all lined up. In an unrelated news story, the country is now completely devoid of Mary Kay Cosmetics. (laughs) 
Well, there is that. More than 100, more, I'm, I'm being told, more than 130 pink Cadillacs from all across the country gathered in Detroit to line the road in front of the church where Aretha Franklin's funeral is uh, being held. Um, it started, well, it was supposed to start Friday morning. I think it started later than morning, but and may still be going on. But the touching gesture pays homage to one of the most famous songs and a Detroit anthem, Free Way of Love, a 1985 song that features chorus lyrics, We're Going Riding on the Freeway of Love in a pink Cadillac. So I was thinking about, um, you know, what you might want to do in the event of my untimely passing. I I know you'll be overwhelmed with grief, and so it'll be difficult for you to function at all, uh, because it'll just be so, such a tragedy for you personally, uh, that you may not be able to get out of bed. I realize all of that, but I'm trying to think, you know, if you could get a lineup of PT cruisers in, um, uh, in Tope, I think that would be a a fitting tribute uh, on my going home day. Yeah, there you go. You don't seem very shaken up. I've just declared that I'm dead, and you're you're not really all that upset. I've it's, passed away. You're never going to see me again. We're never going to talk again. I'm gone, and you seem to be just fine with that. See, it's a matter of life and death. In your death, I will have a life. <laughs> wow. Again, finally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you really are. <clears throat> mm-hmm, I know. I'll just leave it. Well, in Alabama, <laughs> I'm so hurt right now. I just, I'm, I'm a professional. I'm a broadcast professional. I'm not going to weep much. Have you changed occupation since yesterday? <laughs> an Alabama mom is applauding her 16-year-old daughter's high school for taking a unique approach to student fundraising this year because, ladies and gentlemen, even if you're in the state of Washington, eventually the teachers will be back in the classroom and it's going to start the perpetual fundraising. Anyway, uh, this mom was uh, very proud of and applauding her 16-year-old daughter's high school for taking a unique uh, approach rather in that area. Maybe reproach was the right word. Asking for donations directly instead of forcing parents and children to participate in bake sales, selling products, spending hours making cold calls, and so on. Well, Brianna Leggett Woods, a mother of two from Auburn, was preparing for another stressful year of brown envelopes, emails, and sign-up genius uh, notices when she returned from her uh, 10th grade daughter's back-to-school night. But as the mom shuffled through all the Auburn High School orientation papers, one form in particular caught her eye. Don't want to sell anything, bake anything? buy anything, or generally avoid fundraising of any kind. The letter explained to parents that they can avoid participating in typical fundraisers by simply making a donation that will directly benefit the high school. Parents could give as much money as they wanted, though the school recommended at least a $15 donation. Well, the parent, the mom, she called the honest note a breath of fresh air. My very first thought was, someone finally gets it. Sign me up. I was ecstatic to see the idea presented in such a humorous way, she wrote on a popular blog site, Love What Matters. Well, the mom who works as a part-time nurse between juggling the busy schedules of an eighth grader and high school sophomore admitted she often skipped fundraising events anyway and cut a check instead. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent or work full-time outside the home, life is full. The days are full, and I don't want to spend any of my precious time selling candles or tubs of cookie dough or, um, you know, the like to people who don't want to buy this stuff, but will because, well, they just do. I want 100% of my efforts to go directly to my kids. And apparently for her and her uh, family, that will be the case. However, I, um, I, she reminded me that here at the station, it, it begins. 
It does begin. It's it's kind of funny. I was thinking about that last week. A former coworker of ours here at the station who uh, moved to another state um, had posted that their 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 son had started uh, kindergarten last mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and that she's already gotten three fundraisers, uh, three different fundraiser emails, letters home, etc. Since school has started, and couldn't believe how quickly it started. Yeah. To which I responded. They waited that long because my daughter starts preschool a week from yesterday and uh, we've been getting three or four so far already uh, and school hasn't started yet. Wow. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's like, I think next week if we want to go shop at a certain um, uh, Mexican restaurant, uh, you know, 15% of the sales goes towards the school and that's, that's all great and fine, but it's like... Now I feel the pressure to go to that specific restaurant. <laughs> to go out to dinner, yeah. And it's like, that's my daughter's education. It's oh, the ultimate guilt trip. Well, and then for those of us who don't have children in school, um, you have coworkers and friends and family members. And, you know, the doe eyes uh, open, they blink a little bit. And before you know it, you have wrapping paper, you have a cookie dough in the freezer, you've got uh, pencils and pens and hoo-hahs and doodads and hee-hahs. And I can't resist, you know, I have candy bars and it's, it just, it well, never ends. We went through a situation a couple of years ago and I think we're, we're at an age, there have been a lot of children around here the last couple of years, the, yeah. the next wave, if you will. But the previous wave had a lot of Girl Scouts. Yeah. A lot of Girl Scouts. And when it was cookie season, it was kind of like, you, you kind of had to almost have a hierarchy. Uh, yeah, it, it was it, terrible. It, I was forced to buy all those cookies. <laughs> That was just hey, awful. I had just gotten married at the time. <laughs> I was on a budget. Uh, two boxes was pretty much my, you know, what we could pull off a year, uh, and not, me not get in trouble at home. So it's you know to be able to say, okay. So finally, it was first one to make it to me. You get the sale. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was much more of a pushover. And you could also tell that you know the parents that care and don't care because the parents that care would go individually up to their coworkers and and take the moment of shame. Um, and <laughs> apologize. I and apologize. Then, and the, the ones who just didn't care just kind of threw the menu out on the table in the break room, hoping against hope that maybe somebody would see it and take pity upon it. Yeah, well, it, the season is approaching if it hasn't already arrived for you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Fun Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind in studio or across the hall, engineering and producing today's program. By the way, later this um, this program, next hour, we're going to talk with Michael Jr. He's coming to the Portland area for the More Than Funny Tour. So looking forward to uh, sharing that conversation. Also, there's a movie uh, that features him. It's really quite different. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. That's opening in theaters for one day only on October 18th. Michael Jr. will join us about a half, a quarter past the 5 o'clock hour. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Fun Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind, engineering and producing. Well, fast food chain KFC, also known as Kentucky Fried Chicken, is offering expecting parents the chance to win $11,000 for their child by naming them Harland after Colonel Sanders. 
Uh, the chain said the first baby named Harland uh, to be born on September 9th. So I guess you have to be due or induced on the 9th. The colonel's birthday and registered with the restaurant will win $11,000 to go toward their son or daughter's childhood education. Not childhood, their college education. The amount of the cash prize was chosen in honor of KFC's famous 11 herbs and spices. Hmm. KFC said the U.S. Uh, Social Security Administration lists Harland as the 3,257th most common baby name of 2017. I don't know a Harland. I don't know if you do. I don't know a single one. Even though vintage names are making a comeback, the iconic, the iconic founder's name was dwindling in popularity, and they couldn't just stand idly by and let that happen, says the KFC U.S. Chief Marketing Officer. We hope that this birthday celebration honors the colonel and encourages the next generation of people aspiring to live the American dream with 11 herbs and spices. $11,000 for college. Yeah, for Harland. So what is that, textbooks these days? Now, is this sexist because Harland is a male name? I'm sure. I'm going to add that to my list of things to be offended by. Send it to Cynthia Nixon, quick. Yes, yes. The delivery room will probably be cold. That's that's true. That's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting offended even talking about it. Well, former classmates reunited in Michigan to uncover a time capsule they had buried 30 years ago. I mean, just imagine, here you are standing around with your classmates. The last time you were together in a group like this, you were teenagers looking forward to the future. But the result? They couldn't find it. I mean, after all, it had been 30 years. The seven classmates and two teachers spent two hours on Sunday digging digging up the Cologne Junior High uh, grounds in southwest Michigan. Um, One of the... uh, Students, former students, remembers putting a Michael Jackson cassette in the box in 1988, along with assignments from an accelerated writing and reasoning program, including a fictional um, country. Uh, We had our own uh, constitution, and I actually sewed a flag for our country. I think the flag uh, is in the time uh, capsule, she said, speaking to the local media. The teacher said information about the capsule was um, filed away but lost. Uh, Some wonder if rebellious classmates may have dug it up. We are all kind of in the dark trying to remember what was in it and where it is. Of course, they are 30 years older, and that's kind of what happens. Uh, It was an English class, uh, Sanders says, one of the students. We didn't uh, know how to measure, so they put it in the ground, but didn't actually provide very specific direction on how to dig it back up again. 30 years, can't find it. Well, this is kind of a cute story. Talon, so do they fail the project? That's the question. Well, I think they may go back it's, and it's put that got, on their permanent got, record. It's That's got to be an incomplete, doesn't it? Yeah, it may well be. Again, it's going to go on their permanent record. Talon Orton has loved football as long as he could remember, so he was understandably excited to sign up for the first ever Youth Football League. About the eighth, eight-year-old, not eighth grader, an eight-year-old boy from Ohio who was, has cerebral palsy was left in floods of tears in the middle of his first practice after he was yelled at by coaches and berated by another kid, as kids will do. I don't know about the coach. Uh, his mom, Carrie, um, uh, who told the league about the condition ahead of time, said that he cried himself to sleep that night and kept asking uh, why he wasn't good enough. I mean, the kid's dev- uh, devastated. Well, she shared the heartwarming experience in a Facebook post that went viral. Well, one of those moved by the post was a local football coach's wife, Emily Buckman, 
uh, who came up with an idea that left Talon, well, in tears again. On Wednesday, several Findlay High School football players surprised Talon at lunch, invited him to join them on the sidelines of every home game that season, and presented him with a poster that said, Talon, come hang out with us Friday nights. Hey, do you want to come hang out with us for the uh, for game days? One of the players asked him. Talon said, yeah, and he screamed with excitement before they took a group photo. Now, by the way, this is in the uh, cafeteria, so this was witnessed by all of his classmates, some of whom were unkind to him during that um, that practice. This means the world to him after everything that happened, his mother says. Well, Talon wanted to tell everyone about how he was Uh, the uh, coolest kid in the lunchroom because of the football players, adding that he fell asleep with the poster um, in his bed. So what a sweet uh, gesture. Needless to say, Talon is looking forward to getting back onto the football field, even if it's on the sidelines, uh, where he will uh, stand by for every home game of the team. Very sweet. Now, see, there's a good use of Facebook. Absolutely. uplifted. That's very sweet. See those every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a blue moon. Well, a Wisconsin boy was rescued from a storm sewer on Tuesday after an eagle-eyed firefighter saw the child's fingers poking out of the manhole cover following severe weather in that area. Now, can you imagine this 11-year-old boy was playing with his friends in a flooded drainage ditch in the village of Harrison after heavy rains passed through the area around 8 p.m. that night? Well, the boy who wasn't identified got swept under the water and didn't resurface. Well, rescuers arrived at the scene, found a bystander attempting to hold on to the boy, uh, but it was no match for the raging water. The boy was swept into a culvert that led to a storm sewer. Well, the boy, rescuers rather, were then forced to uh, predict where the boy may have uh, flowed through the sewer system. And again, one eagle-eyed A firefighter happened to see his little tiny 11-year-old fingers through the manhole cover and were able to uh, rescue him from what would have been a certain drowning. Wow. Yeah. Poor kid. That's kind of a sad story. Well, a Florida university is allowing incoming freshmen who are stressed out to waive a required program that's aimed at lowering stress on campus if they are already too stressed to attend the lower your stress class. I'm getting stressed out just thinking about it. (laughs) Florida State University's Student Resilience Project, developed by the Institute for Family Violence Studies at the uh, FSU College of Social Work is a mandatory online program for over 6,000 incoming freshmen and transfer students to help students adjust to campus life, improve their mental health, increase resilience, and reduce stress. Well, coping um, with all of that um, has been, well, something of a stressor for some of those students, so opting out is possible if students are too stressed to complete it. Well, the dean of the College of Social Work told um, Inside Higher Education, we're not out to punish. They'd like to help, but not make it mandatory. Well, this goes into the category of you cannot make this stuff up. Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk says uh, this sort of nonsense would be most appropriately put into the Monty Python skit where parody has become reality and reality parody of itself. So not everybody supports this idea that students have to have their hands held Uh, to begin their freshman year. Students are becoming softer by the semester where victimhood is being worn 
as a badge of honor, and students are isolate, or rather uh, isolated away from adversity. Kirk went on to say, this is dangerous for the country and a culture, and our colleges should be embarrassed with this type of student uh, they are pr- uh, producing. Participants can watch What I Wish I Knew videos uh, of current FSU students taking, rather talking about their first-year struggles and how they overcame them. There are also uh, videos that tell the um, incoming students that they can get through every type of problem using resources already on campus. The mandatory part of the program will take about 25 to 30 minutes, according to the college fix. So 20 to 30 minutes of a de-stressor program is too stressful for some students who may choose or need to opt out. I have no words. You know, the Oregon State Fair is going on right now. I went this past weekend. You did. I'm yes, hoping indeed. to maybe go this weekend. But Tennessee, there was a mom who attended the um, state fair. Or rather, it was a county fair. Let's make that clear. A Tennessee mom found a hidden camera inside the teddy bear her child won at the county fair. What? Yeah, that's the uh, the right response. A teddy bear won by the child at the Tennessee County Fair was discovered to have a camera inside, but police don't suspect any wrongdoing. After examining the stuffed animal, uh, her child won at the Wilson County Fair. The mother told the Lebanon Police Department she saw what appeared to be a camera inside. Well, in a Sunday Facebook post, police confirmed that they examined the bear and found the camera, which they said included a lens and a, uh, a board but was not functional and had no power source. Investigators believe the toy might have been previously returned to a store or was damaged um, and was packaged for discount resale. Another theory is the stuffed bear may have been a nanny cam, a surveillance camera that was um, returned. Officer spoke with the operator of the booth who... uh, uh, where the, chi- the child rather won the toy, and he said the bear came as part of a bulk order from a discount facility in Georgia. No other bears in the, uh, of this nature were found at the booth, according to police, adding that no illegal activity is suspected at this time. So I guess there are nanny bears. Yeah, there are. I've, I've, uh, as my, as my uh, daughter had gotten older, um, the, uh, the, the monitoring system that, uh, that we had in the nursery got uh, apparently scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so after hiding it for a while, she didn't like that. So we had to get something that was more concealed. You got a nanny bear? Uh, not a nanny bear. A a nanny smoke alarm. A smoking nanny? What did you get? It gets a smoking nanny. <laughs> no, it was as a looks like a smoke alarm. It has a hidden camera oh, in it, I see. and uh, this way, uh, you know, if, if she doesn't need to be monitored all night long anymore, but if there's a thud or a yeah. clotter, you know, some sort of noise that we can't. Uh, identify we you know, we're able to go onto an app and see what's going on so let me ask you if suddenly there appeared in your office a stuffed animal cute little puffy stuffed animal would that alarm you in any way because i'm thinking about getting a nanny bear for you i know what's going on in that room when i'm across the hall in my office well i mean i i probably would turn it around yeah i shouldn't have told you i know you shouldn't have i Man. mean I messed that up. All right. Well, I'm thinking of something else to do to monitor James throughout the days. I'll uh, take a quick break, but we'll be back. Hmm. What could I do? You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show, having a bit of fun on a Friday afternoon before a long holiday weekend. So we're looking forward to that. In fact, both James and I will be absent on Monday. We have a special that's... Uh, we're going to be broadcasting. It's a Labor Day special, a Labor 
of love in our first hour of the Georgine Rice Show. So you might want to check that out. We'll let you know later in the program what's uh, coming up the remainder of the week as I've taken the remainder of next week off for a bit of vacation, a bit of R&R. So I'm looking forward to that. I know that you are fashion forward, James. You're always on the cutting edge of whatever the new fashion is. Well, in recent months, the fashion world has brought us um, thong jeans, upside down jean shorts, and the season's uh, wave of denim weirdness continues. Experimental Parisian streetwear brand Ben, let's see, Tavmidi Unravel Project is now selling high-end slacks uh, billed as inside-out effect jeans inside-out effect jeans. True to their description, the jeans pretty much resemble ordinary skinnies uh, peeled off at the um, end of a sweaty day inside-out. In other words, um, they have shorts that are very short. They're not cut off or hemmed neatly, but rather it looks like um, a wild animal ripped them around the leg so that they're all jagged and there are strings hanging. And then the pockets, which would normally be inside, are longer than the shorts, and so the pockets, which are on the outside, hang lower than the hem, which isn't really a hem, of the shorts. And then the way that you um, button the front of the shorts, or pants for that matter, uh, those are inside out. So you see the backside of the, they're not really buttons. I can't remember what you call those rivets that you have in jeans. It looks ridiculous. But this is kind of the, the thing. They also have a more formal wear where it's like men's slacks only they're worn inside out. Is it just simple to wear them inside out? Yeah, just take a pair you already have. Apparently they do something to make this, you know, work a little bit better, but the pockets are inside. Everything else that would normally be outside is uh, outside. I should say the back pockets are inside. The front pockets are hanging out on the front, uh, and they're longer than the hem of the shorts. Well, the collateral damage includes uh, your wallet. The look's original asking price was a whopping $1,100. (gasps) Yeah, evidently there were few takers for the uh, train wreck trousers as retailer Farfetch uh, recently slashed the price uh, by over $700 uh, to a still ridiculous $348. Oh, that's far more reasonable. Yeah. A more subdued style, sans hanging silks, um, is available for a cool $551. And if you're in the market for inside-out button-fly shorts, and who isn't, uh, these babies can be yours for 445 bucks. Looks like you were doing the laundry. You turned it inside out just to protect the uh, outer fabric and forgot to put the right side out again. The Genius, Genius, get it with a J, oh. uh, fashion label beloved by Kendall Jenner and miscellaneous um, Hadids has been producing unusual denim creations since 2015. I mean, you run out of ideas, so you just come up with ridiculous stuff. It's not attractive. It's just unusual and you might be able to find somebody somewhere who might buy a pair you have to have a lot of guts to wear a pair like that well the north carolina woman was expecting to find a package on her doorstep last week but instead she found an unusual note from a ups driver in her mailbox the driver left marcy lanier a failed delivery notice explaining that well a bear was in the driveway preventing him or her from leaving the package Lanier couldn't help but laugh while reading the message. In fact, the Asheville resident found the situation so hilarious, she decided to, you guessed it, share it with her friends on Facebook. Like I say, only in Ashworth, Lanier wrote, posting a photo of the slip. Well, the photo went 
viral, garnering more than 2,200 shares since it was posted early Friday. Dozens of locals uh, commented on the picture, sharing jokes and a word of advice for the delivery driver in the area. Bear with it, said one Facebook user, joking. I would have wrestled that bear and delivered that package, another man claimed. Sounds like what would happen at my house, another added. Will Lanier and her mailbox is located at the entrance of her driveway, and it's likely the bear was standing in the middle of the driveway, blocking the front door. Uh, we get bears all the time, she says. There was a bear in the driveway, so we couldn't drop off any of my drop off on my front porch. Uh, oftentimes, he normally drops my packages on my front porch, so that's what ha- that's how it happened. And he could stay safe in his truck on the road. Well, the black bear is the only species of bear living in North Carolina. Today, black bears are found approximately 60 percent of the total land area of North Carolina according to the Wildlife Resource Commission. So if you're missing a package, read carefully what the UPS sign says, because there may be a legitimate excuse for failing to uh, to drop that thing off. I had an odd package situation a couple weeks ago. Um, ordered something from the uh, nameless uh, merchant in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, that does many mailings of said items. And the mm-hmm. uh, item arrived at my door perfectly sealed, perfectly uh, perfectly as it should be. With nothing in it. Oh, no. And it wasn't supposed to be much. It was just an eyeglass repair kit is all it was. It had just a little simple eyeglass repair kit. Um, so I called and you know, they gave me the refund and the credit to order, reorder it. But I, had, I was like, who let this through? I mean, it, there's literally <laughs> nothing. nothing in. I opened it. I'm like, I'm looking to see if there was a hole in the package that had fallen out somehow because it's a small item. Yeah. Uh, nope, it was a completely sealed package, empty. It's the first time I can ever remember getting something like that. Yeah, speaking of uh, receiving a package with nothing in it, Reese's uh, sent a care package to a man whose Reese's cup was missing peanut butter. Huh? Yeah. In April, Alex Henkes of Dubuque, Iowa, opened his Reese's peanut butter cup, ready to enjoy a chocolatey peanut buttery treat, only to be disappointed the cup was solid chocolate, no peanut butter in the middle, which is what makes a Reese's, well, a Reese's. Well, Hink is, he uh, took to Reddit uh, to share his experience. My Reese's peanut butter cup had no peanut butter, he wrote as the caption of a photo showing the solid chocolate cup. As more proof, he um, even posted a video of himself breaking open uh, another Reese's cup where the, uh, from that same package, only to find no peanut butter inside. Well, the image went viral. That's the word here. Viral received a barrage of comments somewhere out there. Someone is getting all of the peanut butter in Reese's cups. One commentator or rather commenter said, if you sent that photo to them, they would bombard you with gifts for real. I know from firsthand experience working with companies similar to them, said another person. Yo, Reese's, what gives? Where's my peanut butter? April Fool's was almost two weeks ago, he wrote, sharing the photo on Reese's Facebook. Well, a few weeks later, Henkes got another, much more pleasant surprise from Reese's. The company saw his photo on the No Peanut Butter fiasco and sent him a replacement. In fact, they sent him an entire care package full of Reese's products to make up for the snafu. The package also came with a note. Here's enough chocolate and peanut butter to make everything cool between us, the company wrote. Well, Henkes updated his Reddit to show the results of his complaint. Reese's replied to my peanut butterless cup, he wrote. The photo of the care package soon went 
viral as well. I need to find me some peanut butterless cups and post pics on Reddit, one person commented. Uh, Others thought it might have uh, been Reese's plan all along. Reese's was totally hoping this guy would share this on social media and get free advertisement, another commented. They sent uh, $20 of chocolate and got $100,000 worth of free advertisement. Uh, you uh, You can't beat that return on investment. Well, he accepted Reese's gift with open arms and a hungry stomach, although he says he did share some of it with his co-workers. But it was kind of an interesting image to see a Reese's peanut butter cup with no peanut butter. There's something that seems fundamentally wrong with that. Fundamentally. Fundamentally wrong wrong with with that. Well, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. In fact, we've got news and traffic at the top of the hour. That's that's a great that's, combination that's right there. News and traffic. I mean, you could just I, do traffic. You, you could just do news. But you put those together, it's like a Reese's butter cup. You don't want the chocolate without the peanut butter. You don't want the peanut butter without the chocolate. It's perfect. Exactly. You can't have one without the other. It, it's the perfect it's combination. Like James and Georgine. You got to have both. Must we? No, not oh, really. Okay. okay. Uh, by the way, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk with Michael Jr. More than funny. That's the tour. He's coming to the Portland area. East Hill Church on Saturday, September 15th. And there's also a movie we'll tell you about. That's opening in theaters for one day only on Thursday, October 18th. So that's uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind is engineering and producing. And later this hour, in fact, our next segment, talk with uh, Michael Jr., more than funny tour. Okay, I ate a chocolate chip cookie during the break. Don't eat a chocolate chip cookie before the break. Or So that goes break. on the list now with popcorn from, was it yesterday or the day before? <laughs> I don't remember which day it was, but we had a you popcorn problem You know, I just get a little peckish right about this time and just a little something. And uh, Andy uh, uh, West was in the hallway there, and he had a, he opened a box, and there were just it was full of cookies, really it was full good of cookies. looking cookies, snickerdoodles, and um, chocolate chip. Notice I'm not holding nor eating a cookie, so some people can resist. Oh, that's only because you're gluten intolerant. Fair point. You'd have been all over those cookies if they were gluten free. He wouldn't have any left. No, he barely had any with me. Uh, anyway. You know, you eat like that, and then a few minutes later, it's kind of hard to swallow. And anyway, I won't go into all that. But anyway, we're looking forward to Michael Jr., More Than Funny Tour. He's coming to the Portland area on Saturday, September 15th uh, at East Hill Church. And by the way, if you're interested in purchasing your tickets now, and I would encourage you to do that, you can go to kpdq.com. There's also a link for the movie that's coming out in October by the same name. But it's quite an experience. It's an innovative way of not only giving you a night of... uh, humor, but with a real difference, too. So we'll talk with Michael Jr. about that. Well, NYPD's bee guy um, was called upon to vacuum the swarm of bees that had shut down a hot dog stand in Times Square. Now, you don't think about a swarm of bees in a highly populated area like that, but Times Square Street was completely shut down after bees swarmed a hot dog cart there. Uh, even New York City bees can't resist the Big Apples. Um, they call them dirty water dogs. Uh, they ended up having to be vacuumed into a bucket for relocation after the flying insects made a home atop an umbrella at a hot dog stand in the middle of New York City. Well, the swarm of thousands of bees made their home atop that umbrella. 
at the uh, stand in the heart of Times Square, and that prompted a police response and the closure of the street. On Tuesday afternoon, well, the horde gathered on top of the yellow and blue umbrella at the corner of Broadway and West 43rd. Some of you know where that is. NYPD Sergeant Sheldo said that the scene uh, um, that a bunch of flying insects was initially spotted swarming around the pedestrian plaza at nearly nearby Military Island. People were just swatting in front of their faces and running around. Well, um, Officer Michael Loriano, let's see, Loriano known as the NYPD's B-Guy, which tells you this has happened before, donned protective gear, including a netting over his face as he stood on a ladder and sucked up the bees with a special vacuum device. Uh, This 18-year NYPD veteran had the majority of the bees collected in a matter of minutes. We try to get as many as we can, he says. We like to keep the families together. Well, he couldn't immediately say where the massive group of bees um, would be taken or where they came from, but they noted uh, that the officials will find a new hive for them. Uh, we've got to determine um, where they, uh, where to take them, but definitely in a hive. So the bees will be taken care of and they won't be harmed in the process of moving them. Meanwhile, Ohio's so-called bee man showed more courage than any while removing a massive European hornet's nest from a car on Sunday. This is in Ohio, a European hornet's nest inside a car. This thing is huge. Well, Travis Watson, owner of the Ohio-based Bee Removal Service, moved the massive nest from the driver's seat of a rusty Chevrolet El Camino in Alliance. Um, They told local news on Tuesday they estimated 800 to 1,000 European hornets were living inside the nest, marking the first time he'd ever seen one that size, um, not just in a car, but at all. Uh, He says it got his adrenaline glowing. He's a 13-year veteran of removal service. And a lawyer by trade, the 28-year-old, said he works in the removal industry for roughly three-quarters of a century. Uh, You don't come across a group of European hornets when you're drafting a will, he joked. Well, in the video, which you can find online, Watson can be seen pumping pesticide into the nest. He then breaks off chunks of the hornet's uh, former home rather, while plucking the disoriented creatures off of his arms and hands. Well, despite wearing protective clothing, if you uh, give them enough time, they'll find a way to sting you, he said, noting these hornets uh, can deliver multiple stings, according to uh, the University of Kentucky Department of Entomology. European hornets, which can reach one and a half inches in length, will only sting when threatened and will work together to defend their nest against anyone who comes too close. Well, he was too close. They felt the need to defend. Well, he said the uh, the nest weighed roughly four pounds and he used a pesticide because European hornets are an invasive species that can kill off honeybees. Well, these insects were um, first located in the U.S. way back in 1840 and have been causing problems ever since. Well, PETA was very successful at influencing Nabisco to free animals on boxes of Barnum's animal crackers. Huh. Score one for PETA. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has gotten Nabisco to change the picture on its animal crackers box so the animals appear to be uncaged. Now, if you're familiar with the historic box, they were in a circus and they were caged. For years, the Barnum's Animal Snacks came in a box that showed lions, polar bears, gorillas, elephants behind bars of a circus box car. Well, PETA, which has uh, spent decades protesting the use of animals in circuses, wrote a letter to Nabisco's parent um, company asking for the box that contains Barnum's Animals to get a new look. Now, it didn't bother them that people were biting the heads off these animal cookies, but to see images of them in cages, not real animals, but 
cartoon depictions of them. Given the egregious cruelty inherent in circuses that uses animals and the public's swelling opposition to the exploitation of animals used for entertainment, we urge Nabisco to update its packaging. Well, the company agreed, and now the animals appear to be roaming or at least posing freely. I know they taste better to me now. You know, the only thing for me is, I mean, and I guess sometimes it's, you know, if I'm Nabisco, I'm handing PETA the wind because it'll keep them off my back for a while. But uh, how many kids, unfortunately, today know what a circus train is? Yeah, have no idea. Circus train, circus, either one is kind of a mystery. Oh, the circus is dead. I mean, it's it's all but non-existent and circus trains don't exist. So it's almost kind of hard to explain why why are those animals in cages? Well, it's because they're going to the next city. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't think kids really pay much attention to the packaging. No, they just go especially for the cookies. with the animal crackers, they're they're too busy tearing into it. But I mean, I guess it didn't really make sense. But I I think that's a silly reason to change it. Well, it's there, just a, a historic ones. reference, and you tell your kids this is how this is what the circuses were, and you explain what, and then you move on. And anyway. They're coming Anchorage. for the cheese. It's next. I don't know why, but they will. <laughs> They'll come up with something. Um, Anchorage police are looking for a man who dumped fish heads in woods uh, near an elementary school. The perpetrator won't have to clean up. The grizzly bears took care of that. But school, grizzly bears, fish heads, you kind of get the picture. The fish dumper, however, faces a $300 fine for discarding garbage that attracts animals. Alaska families regularly catch dozens of salmons. They're urged to properly dispose of the fish parts as in fast-moving rivers, ocean waters, or regular garbage disposal for reasons you've just been uh, given. The incident occurred on the 31st of uh, July at Ravenwood Elementary School. And again, kids, bears, fish heads. A summer school host spotted a man and a boy on an all-terrain vehicle uh, with coolers, and they believe that's where uh, that's where they came from. A host of uh, uh, bears uh, were seen earlier cleaning up that fish. Uh, but you don't want bears approaching an area for their kids. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Michael Jr. La, la, la. In the morning, laughing happy fish heads. In the evening, floating in the soup. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Now, many of you know by now that Michael Jr. is coming to the Portland area for his More Than Funny tour. And we're excited that he's going to be at Portland's East Hill Church on Saturday, September 15th. Well, I have the privilege of talking with Michael Jr. today to get a glimpse into uh, what you might expect, as well as give you a heads up on a movie that's coming to theaters in October. Well, Michael Jr. is known as the comedian who is more than funny. He brings laughter and understanding to audiences all over the world. He's often a keynote at Fortune 500 companies. His versatility has landed him on TED Talks, Oprah, Jimmy Kimmel, and The Tonight Show. He's an author, producer, and is currently creating a new experience that's going to take people on a journey to finding more. And we are just thrilled that Michael is coming to our community and then is going to reach all across the country with the new movie. Michael Jr., welcome. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I am so impressed with myself based off the way you set me up <laughs> oh and that was just the half of, half of it <laughs> i could impress you even wow. more <laughs> that oh. was really well done man i'm just gonna i'm just gonna record that 
and listen to it before I go to bed. That was so well done. <laughs> well, thank you, Michael Jr. I've been telling people here at the station that you're my cousin. Is that all right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we should we could probably check real quick to make sure, see if we really are. But yeah, absolutely. We're cousins. <laughs> see, I told yeah. you, James. <laughs> well, we're excited that you're yeah, coming to, uh, to Portland in September uh, with your More Than Funny tour, but there's a lot more going on with you right now. Uh, let me just ask you first, though, what does it mean to be more than funny? Because you're just funny. I mean, you're funny. How can you be more than so, funny? Yeah. So I want to give you a little bit of insight. So the More Than Funny, it sound, it's, it's really a kind of strategic uh, tool uh, what we've done is the, the show will be extra funny. Our last tour was called um, Bring the Funny. This this tour is actually more funnier than that. But the reason we call it more than funny is because it's funny, but we're adding a little more. So uh, on our last tour, I went around the country and I was and I met some amazingly interesting people with some very inspiring stories. So we took our camera crew out. We captured those stories. So in the middle of the jokes, we insert some of these really cool stories about real people from across America and how they uh, and how they responded to the comedy. But more importantly, there's some really hilarious, funny and inspiring stories. So the show is funny, but it's more than funny. Like we just you just never know what's going to happen. So I'm excited. Like we met one guy who uh, we met a family who had, who had five biological kids, and they adopted seven more kids. And wow. uh, we just met the family, talked to them, and we found out that one of their vehicles had gotten stolen, so they were actually making two trips to get places as a, as a full family. So we ended up doing a what we call a no-show comedy show for this family, where we sold tickets to a comedy show that would never happen, and we surprised the family with a brand new van. It was really cool. It was really yeah. cool. So, so we get to share that with the audience um, at different events. Or it'll be a different story. So I just kind of, so I show up, most comedians, and I, I'm, I used to be like this too, I would show up saying, okay, how can I get laughs? How can I get laughs? But I had a shift in mindset where I felt like instead of just getting laughs from people, I should give them an opportunity to laugh. So that right there kind of changed everything because now we're really looking for opportunities to just make the whole community better, not just physically from laughter, but maybe even emotionally from bonding, getting a little closer or, or whatever might happen. So every show is different. Like every show, everywhere we go is com- is different every single time. So I get excited about the shows now because it's not just funny. It's more than funny. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I've appreciated about your comedy. I mean, I find myself laughing all the time, but there's there's always a nugget, a kernel that you take away that's that – is more meaningful than just a good laugh that comes and goes. And you really have in your heart, as you mentioned a moment ago, to to leave people with something, to bring something to your audience. And it's a, it's a real inspiration. Did you always know you were funny? Yeah, well, I kind of knew I was, when I was a kid. Well, I grew up in a household where if grown folks talking, you can't say nothing. So <laughs> um, I would listen first. So even now, I'm really a listener. Like, if you ever go to a party and there's a bunch of people there and you see me there, first of all, it's not me because I don't like parties. <laughs> but if it is me, um, if it is me, I'm probably quiet in the corner just watching people because that's really where the funny just, just kind of happens at. Like, I was at the grocery store uh, two days ago, and the lady says to me, I'm at the grocery store buying some food, and she said, hey, would you like to give money uh, for hunger? And I was like, that's what I'm doing right now. Like, <laughs> I just why would I do it again? I don't know. 
So, so I literally just write those things down and then I get to present them to the audiences and we just have fun laughing about stuff. And there's always something, like you mentioned, something really cool to tell. Okay, I got to get you inside. So this is what happened. We're in Nashville, right? This isn't even public yet, but we're in Nashville and there's a lady, there's a deaf lady in the front row because we have, we have a sign language lady on stage, right? So the lady's doing sign language to this lady and I felt like I was supposed to talk to the deaf lady, but I don't know sign language. I can do the thumbs up, and that's about it. And I don't do the other one. So the lady comes up. So I feel like I'm supposed to come up, bring her up on stage. So I bring her up on stage, and I say, and I ask her, now this does not happen at every show. Don't expect this in Portland. This is impromptu. <laughs> All the shows are different. But I impromptu brought this lady on stage, and I said to her, hey, I'm just curious. What is your biggest need? Right? I said this through the sign language lady. And the first time, she was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't have any needs. She didn't say that. She signed it over. And then I said, no, 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 really. Like, what is it? Because I'm feeling like there's something because I'm asking the question, what can I give to this audience mm-hmm. as opposed to what can, I, what can I take or what can I get? And, uh, and she says, well, her and her husband hasn't been able to go on vacation in over 13 years. That's what she said. Now, this is in the middle of my comedy show. We've just been laughing for 30 minutes straight. Suddenly, I bring this lady up on stage. And she says they haven't been able to go on vacation over 13 years. Uh, not even for a weekend, just to get away. So normally we just get a bunch of money, be like, all right, cool, there you go. But I felt like we we're supposed to do more than that. So I said, I just asked the next question. I was like, why not? And apparently she explained through the signer, the sign language lady, or what do you call them? Anyway, <laughs> the lady with the two hands that was moving real fast. She said, she explained that they have a special needs child and they can't afford the right person who can take care of them in a way where they feel comfortable leaving. Mm. I was like, okay. So this is what I did. And this was crazy. It was all impromptu. There's 2,200 people in this audience. It's sold out. And I turned to the audience and they're silent at this point because this is clearly not part of the script. And I said, where is the special needs nurse who can deliver their punchline? So punchline is kind of what I talk about when it's somebody, uh, there's things that you receive, which is your setup, but your punchline is about what you're called to give other people. So the audience at this point knows this, and I explained to them what a punchliner is, and I said, "Where is the? Is there a special needs nurse in here who can deliver a punchline?" It was quiet. Then from the top balcony, you hear a voice, and this lady says, "Here I am," and she comes walking down. Oh my goodness! And we've never, and she comes out of nowhere, and they live thirty minutes from each other, and the whole room is done. Like we're done. Like there was no way this was supposed to happen. And then we jump right back to the laughter, but it's better laughter now. Because it was, it, it meant more. Like we, we became like a community, just because we saw what took place, and no money was even exchanged. It was really cool. Now that doesn't happen everywhere, but but we just create an atmosphere through comedy and laughter where anything like that could happen. Where it's going to really be about just helping people help people. So I'm excited. I can't wait to get to Portland. We had so much fun. Oh, we can't wait to have you. And that is such an exciting twist to your approach to comedy, where you're. Uh, you're thinking about what you can give rather than what you can get. And in the process, everybody ends up being blessed and astonished by what we can do together. Yeah, you are really good at this. <laughs> like your voice is bananas. Like, how do you, wow, you should be doing this. Well, you know, my, our like auntie, she, t- she taught me. Uh-huh. Our auntie. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, auntie. Yeah, yeah, well. I had somebody ask me, I had I had a white friend ask me once, do all black people have an aunt named T? No, it's <laughs> It's not a. It's not an aunt named T. It's it's auntie. Okay. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> hang out with my white friends more. 
the education <laughs> never ends. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Now, you're coming yeah, to uh, Portland on Saturday, September the 15th um, at East Hill Church. We're excited uh, to have you here. But you're also extending this opportunity to people all across the country with a movie that's, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Is it a movie? Is it a comedy special? It's called More Than Funny, the tour. Everyone has a punchline. Tell us about that. That's coming to theaters in October. It's coming to theaters in October. So basically, imagine like a comedy special slash documentary and it also it has homeless people in it, special needs kids, abused children, and it's stand-up comedy. I know. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. It is. But it actually works. Like, so we're not making fun of abused children. We're actually highlighting what happened and how people are helping them in the middle of stand-up comedy. It sounds ridiculous. Like, who does this? Who takes these? It just doesn't make any sense. But it actually works really well. So we called this uh, comedy, we called it uh, More Than Funny, just like the tour, but it's it's different in a bunch of ways, but it's in theaters all over the place, October 18th for one night only. So in Portland, especially, there's limited theaters, so you want, so people can get their tickets immediately. They can go online and buy them right now for the 18th, and that'll be really awesome. And the proceeds, what we decided to do, the proceeds are going to, uh, to, to, to a black family in America, I just... Yeah, yeah, it's my family. I just want to put that out there. It's, but um, <laughs> no, it took a little while for you. To, it, okay. it did. Okay. But you, yeah, but your voice is great. That's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah. By the way, I have a link to that to, to that movie on the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page. So if you want to get your tickets now, you can just do it the easy way and go there and uh, and find that link. And there's a bit of a, a trailer there too, if you want to check that out. Yeah. Now, the movie trailer. I'm so excited about this movie. Like people are really. Like, you'll laugh, but then you go, I mean, flat-out funny stand-up comedy, but then we throw to these videos of places I've been, and it just kind of, it's a a brand-new experience like you've never seen before out of a comedy special or a documentary. Now, I I know you're a man of faith. What motivates, what motivated you to not only do funny, because you do that better than anybody else, even though you're my cousin, I can Mm. say that objectively, Um, but what... What motivated you to move beyond just uh, entertaining people to really ministering to people and challenging us to maybe look at the world a bit differently as well? Well, here's what happened. If I realized if I, like there was one year we were live in front of 1.4 million people. And I, I just looked at those numbers and I was like, if all I did was make those people laugh, it would be pretty empty. Meaning laughter is good, but there's gotta be more to do. That's why a lot of times you'll see, comedians or just celebrities in general, but specifically some comedians from the past who kind of, who hit the top, they're at the top of their game, making more money, all this notoriety. And then you see them somewhere, you find that they're in a hotel and they've overdosed. I mean, that Mm. story has been played over and over and over again. And I believe it's because they thought comedy was the destination, but it's not, it's just a vehicle. So if I can use comedy to encourage people then, then I'm in a really good place. Now, the shows are 97% hysterical, but the other 3% kind of just shows up based off of, I guess, who's in the room or whatever the case may be. But that 3% is what people really walk away with, like, wow, I wasn't really expecting that. That's why the name yeah. of the tour in the movie is called More Than Funny, because i got to do more than just make people laugh. And I don't have an agenda. I don't know exactly what that is all the time, 
I'm just being sensitive. I'm listening. And then I, we look to deliver like what happened in Nashville with the lady. Like there's no way I walked in there saying, okay, we're going to find a deaf lady who got a special needs child and they can, and they can't leave town. And then we're going to find a nurse and we're going to connect them. There is no way I could do the math on that ahead of time. But yeah. if I'm sensitive enough and I'm being, and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm willing to take the risk to help somebody then that's what happens. It's just, it's really just another level of helping people. Yeah. Because when I show up to bring comedy, I'm helping people. And, you know, some of my comedians' friends, well, I help people forget about their problems. Yeah, but when they leave, uh, them problems are just going to jump right back on them. So if you give them some tools, not just tools, like I don't even know. I can't wait to get to Portland. Like I was there a while back. I can't wait to come there and bring the funny. And it's just going to be fun. So I just got it. There has to be more than just laughter. Yeah, we can't wait for you to come back again um, as well. And again, for our listeners, Michael Jr. is going to be back in the Portland area on Saturday, September 15th uh, at East Hill Church. And we're looking forward to that. And um, I'm wondering, because I'm your cousin, is there any role that you would like me to play during that performance? You know, is there a moment you'd like me to dance or something you might want me to bring to it? Yeah. Hey, remember the thing you did at the last family reunion? Uh Uh-huh. You should do that. You oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll do That'd that. I'll awesome. work on it and I'll, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. But make sure people understand because it could get weird if they don't get it. Like we'll have oh. to set it up appropriately. Oh, okay. This is awesome. Okay. People really think we're related <laughs> at this point. Michael Jr. <laughs> thanks for talking to us. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here in Portland. You're awesome. I'm so excited <laughs> about being in Portland and bringing more we're, than funny. We're excited to have you. Take care of yourself in the interim because we need you to be here ready, fresh, and ready to go. Cool. You don't care about me afterwards? Just, just pretty, pretty much not. Okay. No, not till the next family reunion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye. That is awesome. All right, bye. Uh, Michael Jr., my favorite comedian, and uh, who knows, we might actually be cousins. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do my DNA in that whole thing. Anyway, he's coming to East Hill Church on Saturday, September 15th, and his movie will be in theaters on October 18th. And it's that one day only. I've had an opportunity to see the trailer, which is on the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page. So if you can check that out, you'll have uh, uh, some idea of what to expect. But this is a great, um, innovative uh, cinema experience. That's what I'll call it, an innovative cinema experience and it's also really really funny Now we're going to share some of michael jr with you for those of you who aren't familiar with his comedy um so sit back relax and enjoy a little bit of michael jr we'll be back you're listening to the georgine rice show podcast is aired on 93.9 kpdq we're back for the final segment of the georgine rice show on this fun friday afternoon well i sent a note to my co-workers earlier today informing them that I'm taking all of next week off. We, as a um, uh, group of radio stations, most of us will have Monday off because of the holiday, but I'm taking the remaining remaining four days off, so I'm taking the full week. And I'd mentioned in my note that, you know, I, I was going to miss my coworkers. I enjoy working with them and all of that. And it just started a whole stream of um, of comments. I'm kind of looking forward to having some time off. It's a working vacation for me. I, I look at it that way. I mean, you know, you, you think of a working vacation as something, you know, you're doing work from home whilst you're on vacation. No, I'm at work, but you're gone, so it's a vacation. What are you implying? Uh, that life is better when you're not around? Oh, wait. Did I say that out loud? That was supposed to be self-censored. My bad. But, uh, wow. you know, the, the cool thing is, according to several of our coworkers, 
there is going to be a massive shindig at your place next week. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell me about it because I won't be there. <laughs> as soon as I find out when and uh, what time you've planned it and what day, I'll make sure I'm gone. Again, this is really good for all of us. You're, you won't be here. You won't be there. We're really getting a fun week next week. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just how it goes. Well, I am looking forward to taking the week off. And we have some uh, plans. On Monday, we're going to be sharing a... Um, Labor Day special titled A Labor of Love. And that'll be in the first hour of Monday's program. That is correct. And then we'll share some of the best of the Georgine Rice show on the, in the five o'clock hour. And then on Tuesday, uh, we're looking forward to guest host David Lohman, who happens to be a, um, um, an executive seller here. Is that what, what do we call account them? executive? Account I think is executive the term they use these days. Yeah, it, it changes over the years, but account executive. Uh, David uh, Lohman, he has an impressive grasp on music history, particularly Christian music history and uh, theology. So we're looking forward to him uh, filling in again because he's been a guest host before. Yes, he has. Uh, We're still working on what's going to happen on Wednesday, I understand, unless that has changed, James. That is still it is still a work in progress, a work in progress. And then on Thursday, uh, Mike Lee, who is our director of um, Local Ministries, he'll be guest hosting. He's also the host of a program on our AM station. And uh, so we're looking forward to having him fill in on Thursday, and then we'll share the best of the Georgine Rice Show on Friday. But it's going to be sort of a staycation. I'm looking forward to just having some time off. This will be my first uh, vacation, if you will, with Dan Rice retired. So um, we'll figure out what we're going to do one day at a time. But just looking forward to some R&R and... We, Maybe we finishing had one of up those the yard last week. So it's it's you know it's, sometimes it's nice to not have to worry about uh, the plans. I, I I need to staycation a little bit more. I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, uh, some of our vacations turn out to be a little bit elaborate. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with those too. But sometimes the it's the beauty and simplicity. Yeah, when you come back, you can be pretty exhausted. We might spend a day at the beach, and uh, we do like to go to Cannon Beach. And they announced earlier today that the bacteria in the water is now sufficiently dissipated that you're permitted um, to go into the water. But, um, you know, besides that, we don't, and then dodging whatever party is planned for my house while I'm gone by my coworkers, um, just be hanging out. So looking forward to that. But that's the lineup for, uh, for next week. And I'll be back uh, here in studio on the 10th of September. Well, this is the season. Um, it was a couple of days ago that pumpkin spice returned. Now it's going to be all pumpkin spice all the time, unless, of course, there's some new thing to replace it. But pumpkin spice lattes return to Starbucks on the 28th. So if you didn't uh, know that, uh, know to brace yourselves. The pumpkin spice latte has arrived. Rumors swirled before it happened of the uh, of its arrival. And of course, that means uh, pumpkin spice. Everything else will also be uh, on track for uh, for showing up. Dunkin Donuts uh, did not want to be. Um, upstage, so they actually launched their fall menu a full day before Starbucks did, so their stuff was available on the 27th. Again, a full day before Starbucks uh, released their um, pumpkin spice latte, along with uh, pumpkin and maple pecan-flavored coffees. Maple pecan-flavored coffee. I'm not so sure about that. In hot, iced, frozen, cold-brewed varieties, Dunkin' Donuts, they also have several fall-themed baked goods and food items available as well. And again, that all started on the 27th because they uh, see themselves as something of a rival with uh, Starbucks. So that tells you fall is approaching. It's not quite here yet, but it's definitely approaching. 
Well, fancy a tarantula taco for a cool $27. Well, not so fast, according to Mexican authorities. A Mexican restaurant, a city market restaurant, recently put the arachnids on its menu and posted a video on Facebook showing a chef torching one until it blackened. So it's not just an arachnid, it's a blackened arachnid. The only problem, the Mexican red rump tarantula is a protected species. So if you had a um, hankering for one, you're not going to get it. The Federal Environmental Protection Agency said on Tuesday it was alerted to the situation via social media and seized four tarantula corpses that were ready to be served up as tortillas. Well, the tarantula tacos were apparently an offer for 500 pesos or 50 times the price of a basic street taco. The restaurant's menu also features other creepy crawlers, depending on, you know, your taste, such as grasshoppers, worms and ant eggs. Not enough to have ants, but ant eggs, which have a long tradition in Mexican cuisine and scorpions, which uh, are less common. I've had a scorpion. Tasted like a French fry to me, but anyway, tarantula tacos. And another uh, trend in uh, culinary field, Farmer's Fridge small uh, business owner Luke Saunders is disrupting the vending machine industry. Forget the candy bars. Chicago is all about putting leafy greens into a vending machine. Now, while traditional snack dispensers are known as a junk food haven to many in the Windy City, they're known for a prime lunch spot. Well, since 2013, more than 170 salad vending machines called Farmer's Fridge have uh, popped up throughout the city in airports, universities, hospitals, shopping areas, all because of a 27-year-old sales representative. He says he could never find anything healthy to eat on the road. He was driving a 1,000 miles a week at one point and was thinking about how he could get fresh, healthy food in more places. So he sort of backed into the idea of a vending machine as a way of having something that could be uh, sold 24 hours a day that's healthy. We don't see many of those. In fact, I've never seen any here in this area, but nonetheless, a salad vending machine, another culinary innovation you might be looking uh, forward to. And then there's this. Uh, Members of a family in northern Virginia fell ill and needed hospital attention after eating a meal containing wild mushrooms picked near their apartment complex. I don't know why people are confident enough to think they can just eat a mushroom near their apartment complex, but the Washington Post reported they experienced vomiting and stomach pains a few hours after eating the mushrooms. Fortunately, it didn't go any further than that. The Fairfax County fire officials say poison control and uh, crews from the fire department scoured around the Annandale apartment complex, finding mushrooms in the courtyard in a bid to identify them. For confirmation, they sent pictures of the mushroom to family members as they were being treated at a hospital. Well, the um, mushrooms are called, I won't give you the Latin name, uh, but they're green spored lepiata, also known as the vomiter. Officials say the mushrooms are a severe gastrointestinal irritant, which the family can attest to when eaten, but do not cause liver failure or death, which the family was happy to learn. And finally, Mayo, Florida changed its name to Miracle Whip after the polarizing condiment. Well, Mayo, Florida is holding the Mayo at least for a few days. The mayor of this tiny town of less than 1,500 residents located where Florida's panhandle morphs into a peninsula announced on Saturday that the city is switching its name to Miracle Whip. That, of course, it's just a joke. The name change started as a secret tongue-in-cheek marketing proposal for the Kraft Heinz-owned mayonnaise alternative. Videographer for Miracle Whip on Sunday wanted to capture the shock of residents when they hear that the name of their town is being changed to a corporate brand. 
Representatives of the condiment plan to spend the next few days filming their jocular efforts to get residents to remove mayonnaise from their homes. Well, the town elected uh, officials, they say they would let uh, residents in on the joke after a few days, but not before street signs and names on water towers had been switched. The town located halfway between Tallahassee and Gainesville is getting well, between fifteen to $25,000 for the name change, and the money will be used by the city for beautification measures. So don't look for Mayo, Florida. Look for Miracle Whip, at least for a day or two. Well, we're out of time. want to thank James Blinn for engineering and producing today's program. Thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Best of coming up next week, and I'll be back on September 10th, live and in studio. Have a great holiday weekend. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.